Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Time to jump in, buckle up, and take a ride with me around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry known to mankind, agriculture. In the news today, we're keeping an eye on the big spending package Democrats are pushing through Congress. Of course, it is a big spending package, but to pay for it, it's also going to be a big tax increase package. One of the ways that they're proposing to increase taxes is to eliminate stepped-up basis. It looks like for now, that proposal has been shelved. We'll take a closer look at that to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Back before the season started, Texas High Plains farmers were given an optimistic outlook about commodity prices. Now, as our summer crops start to come out of the field, prices have turned out better than projected. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Texas Commissioner of Agriculture Sid Miller talks more about the Texas orange market. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have the Commissioner's comments on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas goes back into the dog days of summer weather pattern. And if you're a cotton grower, you're loving it. Those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. House Democrats' $3.5 trillion spending bill continues to move through Congress, with the Ways and Means Committee advancing part of the package on Wednesday. At this point, the plan does not include provisions to eliminate stepped-up basis when calculating capital gains at death. Several Ag District Democrats helped to keep that provision out of the bill. Texas Congressman Mike Cloud. I spoke about it. A number of other members spoke about it earlier on in the committee. Um, thankfully, we had some Democratic members step up uh, and speak to it as well. And you'll hear talk about, well, we hope that doesn't end up in the final bill. Um, I, that's, that's all the more reason why we shouldn't be rushing a $3.5 trillion bill through Congress. The bill would decrease the estate tax exemption from the current $11 million down to $5 million. We're seeing a rise in the number of equine infectious anemia cases in Texas this year. The Texas Animal Health Commission is urging Texas horse owners to take precautions to prevent the spread of an incurable infectious disease that can cause depression and muscle weakness in horses. So far this year, there have been 49 cases of equine infectious anemia in Texas. Equine infectious anemia is a blood-borne disease that can impact horses, ponies, zebras, mules, and donkeys. It is spread through blood-to-blood contact, by using contaminated medical equipment, and by blood-feeding insects like horseflies, deerflies, and stableflies. 
Symptoms vary and they may include fever, depression, low platelet count, anemia, red or purple spots on mucous membranes, muscle weakness, and atrophy. There is no vaccine for EIA. Horse owners are encouraged to implement insect control measures, keep stables and facilities clean, and use one clean needle per horse. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. A great way to improve the value of your calves this fall is to wean and precondition them before selling. There are a number of preconditioning programs out there, and one of the newer ones is from Purina. Clay Burson is a cattle consultant in Lubbock with Purina. He says the program is called Purina Plus. So Purina Plus is a value-added preconditioning program that we've developed. And basically we know getting calves off to a good start is one of the most important things you can do if you want to improve their performance on down the line. So this type of program is designed to get cattle healthy, get them straightened out, and get them performing at a high level. And we do that with... um, quality starter feeds. We do that with a quality um, vaccination and health program, and we do that with the right kind of management that we uh, implement in this type of preconditioning program. Burson says Purina is partnering with the major animal health companies to cover both nutrition and animal health aspects of a preconditioning program. Your local Purina dealer has more information. Crop prices have been exceptionally good this year, and that's making for an optimistic harvest on the Texas High Plains. James Hunt reports from Amarillo. Every year, along about January, Texas A&M AgriLife provides Texas High Plains producers with price outlooks for various commodities. And the good news from our local AgriLife economist, Justin Benavidez, is this. Prices for 2021 crops have surpassed those preseason forecasts. We had projected somewhere in the neighborhood of $4 and a quarter for corn, something like 70 cents for cotton, and $8 a hundredweight for sorghum. And we're now sitting at delivery prices for December of $5.85 for corn, $0.90 cents for cotton. And then delivery for current sorghum here in the month of September is around $10 a hundredweight. Of course, while strong commodity prices are helping our local producers, farmers are also facing higher production costs that are reducing profit margins. But here's an idea. Dr. Benavidez says while he's not a stock market expert himself, he's hearing of some producers who are turning the rising cost of inputs into an investment opportunity. Maybe it's worth this year investing in those companies that you purchase chemical from or that you purchase fertilizer from. If they're publicly traded and you think that the price of all these goods are going up and you want to hedge, there is a potential that you could net out some of those losses on more expensive inputs by purchasing stock in the company that you're buying from. You know, everyone, when you invest, says to invest where you spend your money and you're offsetting some of your costs. And I don't think that's a bad idea. Dr. Benavidez also encourages producers to explore opportunities with commodity options as prices for 2022 summer crops are looking good as well. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Canada is a big market for Texas oranges. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Today I continue my conversation with Texas Commissioner of Agriculture Sid Miller. He talks about the findings from a global market assessment of Texas oranges by the Texas A&M University Center for North American Studies. Now, the study showed that the highest year of production for Texas oranges was during the 2017-2018 marketing year uh, when 36.9 total metric tons of oranges were produced, uh, and many of those were exported from Texas to Canada. So talk about that. The U.S. is the largest supplier for Canada. 
Well, Canada is about 36 million people. It's slightly larger than the state of Texas, but they love our Texas oranges and our, and our grapefruit. Most of those we ship up through, through the central provinces, Saskatchewan, Ontario, and so forth. It's been a good market for us, but you know we're out looking for new markets always. We're very excited about We think we're going to have our first shipment soon in, in the, uh, South Korea. They're already able to take uh, citrus from Florida and California. There was an old, old prohibition against Texas citrus that, that we've cleared that up through our, you know, working with the USDA and the Foreign Agriculture Service. Now, one of the benefits of uh, shipping oranges to uh, Canada from the United States is there is no tariff on U.S. oranges going into Canada. Certainly, that's a plus. Well, that, that's a big, big, big plus. One reason that we can't compete with Brazil going into China, I think it's like a 50, if I remember right, about a 56% tariff going into there. There's a tariff going into the European Union, but we're constantly working on that. We're negotiations to get those tariffs lowered. That is Texas Department of Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller from Austin. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Hot, dry weather is helping to put the wraps on the Deep South Texas cotton harvest. Jim Hearn has an update from the Rio Grande Valley. The weather for extreme South Texas is now well near the triple digits on a daytime basis. Heat indexes ranging about 115. Cotton growers are defoliating and harvesting fields and well the bow load is fair to good and well now it's a race to get it to the gin. Cotton growers are breathing a sigh of relief. Early indications were that tropical storm that well later became Hurricane Ida had initially been coming to South Texas but chose Louisiana instead. Well, our thoughts and prayers are with the folks in Louisiana as they try to rebuild after Ida. In about 40 days, the Valley is going to start planting our winter vegetables, cabbage, carrots, and all the salad greens. We have ample water to get the crop going with Amistad currently about 53% of capacity and Falcon, well, about 27%. Now, both of the reservoirs continue to shrink each day because of the high evaporation rate. And remember, Falcon is a much shallower reservoir than uh, Amistad. So they hold the water as long as they can at Amistad before they bring it down to Falcon for municipal and agricultural uses here in the valley. Well, cattlemen are cutting a lot of hay these days and welcoming all the new additions to the herd. Grass is still plentiful and, you know, the range fires have been extremely minimal this year. Now, our citrus crop is progressing along what small amount of fruit is now about the size of a baseball. Early oranges will be picked at the end of the month and Because of the fruit shortfall from the freeze, many sheds are actually combining this season, cut their packing costs. One shed will pack maybe two or three sheds fruit, another way to try to help cut costs. This is Jim Hearn reporting from the Rio Grande Valley for Texas Ag Today. Parks and Wildlife is accepting comments on several proposed changes to statewide chronic wasting disease rules. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And equine asthma is believed to be related to allergies. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. 
Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Equine asthma is believed to be related to allergies. Dr. Bob Judd says a recent study looked at allergy testing to help treat that condition in horses. Equine asthma is the most common non-infectious respiratory disease occurring in adult horses. The disease was previously called heaves or COPD, but is now called asthma and it is believed to be caused by organic dust in the bedding and feed, as well as concentration of ammonia in horse stalls. Many different organic compounds have been found in stable dust, including bacterial endotoxins, over 50 different species of moles, storage mites, and plant particles. It seems mole spores are the cause of an allergic reaction leading to symptoms of asthma, including labored breathing and coughing. Researchers in Germany we're trying to determine which specific allergens were involved in the disease so they can make a serum to desensitize the horses to the allergen and decrease the reaction. To determine the cause of the reaction, the researchers tested six horses without a history of respiratory disease and nine horses with diagnosed asthma. Four different allergy tests were used on all horses, including blood tests, skin tests, and inhalant tests. Unfortunately, there was no agreement among the tests as far as determining the specific cause of the allergy, as positive results on one test were negative on others, and there were positive tests on the normal horses. It is believed that the positive skin test may be related to local reactions of the skin cells, and this does not correlate with allergies in the respiratory tract. The same problem has been discovered in human medicine with skin testing. Because of this, allergy testing is unlikely to be helpful in diagnosis of horses with asthma. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is accepting comments on several proposed changes to chronic wasting disease rules. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is proposing new amendments to the state's chronic wasting disease rules to prevent the further spread of the fatal neurological deer disease. Mitch Lockwood, big game program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says the amendments are needed to mitigate risks that are not addressed in current CWD rules. The epidemiology of the situation suggests that the comprehensive CWD rules were not effective at early detection or at disease containment. We think many of the shortcomings can be addressed by modifying the surveillance requirements for deer breeding facilities. And as you can imagine, several ideas on how that might be accomplished surfaced over the course of five CWD task force meetings over the last several weeks. Emergency CWD rules were implemented in late June after new cases of the disease were confirmed in several deer breeding facilities and release sites in Texas. Those rules expire in December. Lockwood said the proposed amendments to the CWD rules would require deer breeding facilities to test all deer mortalities for CWD if the animal is at least a year old. It would also require deer over a year old to be tested before being released at another site. TPWD staff also recommended prohibiting the Rent-A-Buck program. To encourage hunters to leave CWD risky parts at the site of harvest, staff also recommended changes to the proof of sex regulations. To allow for sex organs accompanied by the tail to serve as proof of sex and species 
for does. All of those proposed changes will be published in the Texas Register and will be open for public comment. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Another lower trade in the cattle complex on Friday. We finished lower in both live and feeder cattle, also seeing pressure in the cotton and grain markets. We'll update all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Trains are everywhere. You should always expect one, even on private property. Only cross tracks at designated crossings that fit your equipment. If you don't fit, don't commit. Whenever you're operating, secure your load, raise your equipment, and avoid getting stuck or causing damage. Minimize distractions. Remember, noisy equipment drowns out the sound of a train. Unless you're crossing, always keep a safe distance from train tracks. Look. Listen. Live. For more info, go to OLI.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Most of our agricultural markets ending in the red on Friday. Cattle, cotton, and grains all finishing in negative territory. We'll start with the cattle complex where October live cattle dropped 80 cents to close the week at 122.80. The December down a dollar five, 127.52. February live cattle down a dollar ten at 131.55. September feeder cattle down a dollar, 154.87. October feeders down 72 at 156.37. November feeder cattle dropped a dollar 20, ending the week at 156.10. Cash fed cattle market for the week. We sold most of our cattle here in Texas at 124. As we move up north, Kansas sold cattle from 123 to 124. And in Nebraska, they topped out at 127 on a live basis. $200 on the rail. Boxed beef was mixed on Friday. Choice down $1.92 at 31608. Select up to 27 282.54. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear that glass of iced tea being poured, it's time to talk livestock with Riley Rhodes, Live Oak Livestock Three Rivers. Riley, how did your Monday sale go? Ended up pretty good volume, 1,558 head today. Had a few pairs from 825 to 1325. A uh, handful of breads, uh, 750 to 1100. Packer cows sold steady, 72 to 78 on your high yielding cows, 66 to 74 on your breakers, 38 to 64 on your canners. Packer bulls also steady, 92 to 98 on your high yielding bulls, 74 to 92 on the low to medium yielding bulls. Uh, two to three weight choice steers, 174 to uh, 210. Heifer mates, 156 to 172. Three to Four weight choice steers, 172 to 202. Heifer mates, 140 to 162. Four to five weight choice steers, 164 to 192. Heifer mates, 142 to 158. Five to six weight choice steers, 158 to 182. Heifer mates, 134 to 152. Uh, six to seven weight choice steers, 138 to 154. Uh, heifer mates, 122 to 136. Uh, seven to eight weight choice steers, 124 to 142. And the heifer mate, 114 to 130. I was pleased with it. A lot of a lot of buyers this time of year and changing weather and everything. Things kind of normally kind of start going backwards a little bit, but uh, so far it's holding together real well. Two announcements, real quick. Uh, we're going to have a wean calf sale on Monday, October the 11th, and then we will have a uh, fall special cow sale on uh, Saturday, October 23rd. 
Good deal. My cell phone, my cell phone is 361-813-6650. Here at the office is 361-786-2553. Webpage, liveoaklivestock.com. Thank you, Riley. Neighbor looks to me like that's all the time we've got for Walking the Pins, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs put in a higher close on Friday. October hogs up 25 cents, 85.72. The December up 60 at 75.05. Class 3 milk mostly higher. September unchanged, 16.61, 100 weight. October milk up a nickel at 17.20, 100. The cotton market drifted lower in a light trade on Friday. Outside pressure coming from the financial markets. Fears that the Federal Reserve will kick off a tapering policy soon is pressuring financials. That is causing an increase in the U.S. dollar, and that is weighing on cotton prices. October cotton down nine points, closing at 93.32. The December down 18, 92.33 cents. Harvest pressure continuing to creep into the corn market. December corn down two and a quarter, 527 and a quarter. March corn down two and a half at 534 and a quarter. The wheat market also ending in negative territory on Friday. However, it was a good week overall for wheat. Hard wheat finishing over 30 cents higher for the week. On Friday, the December contract did drop seven and a half at 713 a bushel. July Kansas City wheat, the new crop contract down five and a quarter at 716 and three quarters. Same story on soft wheat, December Chicago wheat down four and a quarter, 708 and three quarters. New crop July down three at 703 and three quarters. Rough rice closed higher with November up nine cents, 1378 a hundredweight. November soybeans down 12. 1284 a bushel. October soybean meal down a dollar seventy, three thirty-eight fifty a ton. In the energy markets, October natural gas was down twenty-six cents, five oh seven. October crude oil down fifty-six, seventy-two oh five a barrel. The financial markets lower on Friday. The Dow down one hundred sixty-three points, thirty-four thousand five eighty-six. The Nasdaq down one hundred fifty-four at fifteen thousand twenty-seven. The S&P down 38 at 4,434. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you then right here on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.